At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast with Tim Benz, presented by Bet Rivers. This is a hodgepodge of nothingness. They have one of the lowest payrolls in baseball. Last year, they were actually 30th. It's ridiculous. It really is. Pathetic. Thank you, Dennis Eckersley. My hodgepodge of nothingness black and gold long sleeve T-shirt has already been ordered and is on the way with overnight delivery all because of you. I am Tim Benz. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast. We are brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the app today or go to BetRivers.com. We are going to talk about what happened last night during the Red Sox broadcast of the Pirates game. That's right, the Red Sox broadcast of the Pirates game on Nesson in just a little bit. But first, we got to let you know that today is Wednesday, August the 17th. That means it's win total Wednesday. Today, players who place a wager on any NFL or NCAA football team season win total get a free $10 Rivers bet. Head to BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app all season long for the latest odds and unique promotions. BetRivers is your go-to sportsbook this fall. It's a whole new game. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. We are here at St. Vincent College in Latrobe. One more day tomorrow of Steeler training camp. Then we head back to Pittsburgh. We're going to go in-depth on Win Total Wednesday in just a little bit with Wes Euler of the Steelers Radio Network. He's on SNR, and he's got the two West Virginia podcasts, Ears and Beers, as well as In the Gun. So we'll talk to Wes about the over-unders for Pitt, Penn State, West Virginia, and yes, the Steelers as well. But first, let's talk baseball. 
and the demise of the Yankees continues to fascinate me. Yet another loss last night, three in a row, six of seven, and 12 of 15 now for the Bronx Bombers. I told you to play the under last night. I said stay away from the winner. Uh, a little risky. One of the Yankees going to finally snap out of this. Was it going to be last night? Will it be tonight? I'm not sure, but I love the under again tonight. The Rays don't score a ton. The Yankees, I think it's now seven straight games where it's been under seven and a half. And I think that continues tonight where it's at eight and a half. Corey Kluber on the hill, minus 108 at under eight and a half. Give it to me in Yankees and Rays. How about this? The White Sox are on a five-game win streak. The Braves are on an eight-game win streak. They're both dogs tonight, both plus money. One of the two of them, I say, will win, so I'm going to bet on both. Either Atlanta will upset the Mets and Max Scherzer at plus 133, or the White Sox will upset the Astros at plus 130. I know that one is Framber Valdez and Michael Kopech, so that doesn't sound good, but I'm going to play them both and the Giants, too, for that matter, at minus 220 over Arizona. I'm feeling like two or three of those will win. The Giants are on a five-game win streak themselves. If you parlay all three, it comes back at plus 679. If you just do the White Sox and Braves together, it's at plus 434. And if you go the more traditional route and just want to parlay the Giants and Cardinals at plus 116 together, that works, too. After all, St. Louis haven't talked about them yet. A minus 210 favorite over Colorado, so they'd be a good partner with the Giants. By the way, how about Charlie Morton last night, the ex-pirate for the Atlanta Braves in that win for the Mets? He was spectacular. He was sparkling, blanking the Mets for six and two-thirds innings and in route to a 5-0 victory. Morton collected 12 strikeouts along the way and allowed only four base runners. Morton's record improves to 6-5 and five with the win. His ERA drops to 4.04. His strikeout total climbed to 153. That's the ninth highest in Major League Baseball. Morton got a standing ovation as he left the mound. The Braves have now won eight in a row, as I mentioned, and are in second place in the National League East, three and a half games back of the Mets for first. Now, as for the Pirates and Red Sox, the Buccos are plus 130 underdogs with the Red Sox favored at minus 148. Contreras and Rich Hill are the pitchers. Hill pitching for Boston, Contreras for the Pirates. Boston won 5-3 last night. O'Neill Cruz now down below 200. Misplayed a pop-up, another nightmare night for him. But the bigger story is what Dennis Eckersley and Dave O'Brien said about the Pirates during the Nesson TV broadcast. If somehow you missed it, here it is. This is in the second inning as they disembowel the Pirates. You talk about a no-name lineup. I, I, there's no team like this. Love to see some of the service time. You add it all up. It's not much. You know, just came from Kansas City, seeing all those young kids. That's This is different, though. Doesn't it seem different? They have a lot of prospects they are playing over there. And serious prospects. Yes. The guys who are going to be in the big leagues. This is a hodgepodge of nothingness. They have one of the lowest payrolls in baseball. Last year, they were actually 30th. It's ridiculous. It really is. Pathetic. Former Sox GM Ben Charrington is the Pirates general manager, and he has gone about rebuilding their farm system. Yeah, tell me they have a great farm system. Tell me they do. That's what they're doing, I assume. Trying. 
I mean, has there ever been a more honest, more direct, more specific evisceration of a professional sports franchise than that? A hodgepodge of nothingness? That should be emblazoned on the Jumbotron every night when the Pirates introduce their starting lineup. I'm going to rename my fantasy football team Hodgepodge of Nothingness in honor of Dennis Eckersley. Dennis, my name is Tim. Do you have the other half of this amulet by any chance? Keep in mind, these guys are doing play-by-play for another major league team that is also in last place of its division, just like the Pirates, but also keep in mind that their team is spending money to try to win, like $207 million. They just have failed miserably at trying. Uh, hear the bells tolling in the background. I guess they're tolling for the Pirates uh, and the planes flying overhead as well. Uh, that is not the Goodyear blimp going to PNC Park for tonight's game. We're sitting outside on the lawn here at St. Vincent College as practice is going on up the hill for the Steelers that I'm going to get to momentarily. But uh, back to the point already in progress about the Red Sox and Pirates. There's a difference between how they're in last place. The difference being that the Pirates' payroll is $68.5 million, 28th in baseball, as opposed to the 207 that I mentioned before for the Red Sox. So one team is trying and failing miserably at it. The other team is not trying and doing a very good job of that. Now, Eckersley is a Major League Baseball Hall of Famer. O'Brien is one of the most gifted and professional play-by-play men in the business today. And by the way, these guys... No Pirates general manager Ben Sherrington. They were on the call for the 2013 team that Sherrington put together to win the World Series in Boston. O'Brien was on radio at the time at EEI when I was there. Well, actually, the year after I got there in 2014. But he's he's fantastic at whatever he does. And he knows Ben Sherrington and, like I said, was on the call with Eck and the same uh, broadcasting team, on the same broadcasting team, when that club went to the World Series and won it. So they've got a, I think, predisposed affinity for Ben Sherrington, wouldn't you say? But that's not dulling their opinion of what's going on here in Pittsburgh. We all know they're right, and in a weird way, it feels good to have someone else from another market say it, so we don't feel like we're the only ones screaming into the void. Am I wrong? Are they? I think you know that the answer to both of those questions is no. Welcome to Pirate Baseball 2022, a hodgepodge of nothingness on the North Shore. All right, we come back after a 30-second break here in the Pittsburgh CityCast. Win total Wednesday. Steelers, Mountaineers, Panthers, and Penn State Nittany Lions all to come on the CityCast, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the app today or go to BetRivers.com. Kick off football season with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. All season long, Bet Rivers is your go-to sportsbook for all football-related content. Check out BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app for the latest odds, unique promotions, player props, and more. Every week, Bet Rivers has unique football specials to help you win big. Cheer on your favorite teams or back your favorite players with Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back in the Pittsburgh CityCast, Tim Benz with you again from St. Vincent College in Latrobe as the Steelers continue training camp. Two more days to go. Wednesday practice, Thursday practice, then they head out to Jacksonville for the second preseason game. Joining me right now to talk about that and some college football as well for win total Wednesday. It is Wes Euler from 
SNR, and also the name of the West Virginia podcast, Ears and Beers. Ears and Beers, yeah. I'm also doing another one now with uh, Jed Drenning and Owen Schmidt, a couple WVU legends called In the Gun. So I'm doubling up on the WVU podcast this season. And you do the first one with Adam Crowley, is that right? First one with our buddy, the Crowman, yes. So you guys are allowed to cross-pollinate there for West Virginia. It brings all people together. It does, and I'm sure as you can imagine, one of those is a little more buttoned up and serious than the other one, a little more professional while one's a little more... The other one's Crowley. A little slapstick, exactly. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, well, let's get to that first, West, since this is win total Wednesday here on Bet Rivers. Uh, we are looking at three college over-under win totals and the Steelers as well. Since we brought up West Virginia first, let's go right there. West Virginia is at six. It's plus 120 on the over. It's minus 150 on the under. And uh, let me just be the first to point out uh, today, probably, because it's not the first person to point this out, probably to you or to anyone else. I hate that you ever put a win total at a number and not a half. That I despise that. I completely agree with you, particularly as it relates to WVU, Benzie. Loved it at five and a half. Loved the over at five and a half. Now... I know it's kind of uh, this might be the soft answer. This might not be the answer people are looking for, but I, I might say push honestly because six is tough. I think six and six is about the landing spot. Um, they've got a tough schedule. They go on the road to Pitt and Virginia Tech in primetime games. Uh, only and by the way, these are not counting bowl games either. Correct, so. correct. So twelve games. I think six and six is like I think seven and five would be a good season for WVU considering this year uh, where they were last year. What the schedule looks like. There's only two teams in the Power Five. Uh, that are facing 11 out of 12 Power 5 opponents. It's WVU and Colorado. Tough schedule. Uh, three teams right now in the top 12 in the Big 12. You've got Pitt at 17. Like I mentioned, a primetime trip to Virginia Tech for the Black Diamond Trophy. Uh, I definitely don't like the over at 6. I, See, I'd, be, I, I, I'd be more inclined, I think, to go under. I like it because if you're going to pay out a plus 120 versus minus 150 and we're thinking that it's a coin flip on that last game, just go for the money and don't spend more money to maybe lose. Yeah, sure. No, that makes sense. And listen, I do think while the schedule is tough and, and all these things, um, there are some indicators that the team could have a, a better season than I expect. Maybe I'm a little too pessimistic. You know, the, the team went 6-6 six and six last year in the regular season and should be much better at quarterback and uh, returns a pretty stout defense. So, so seven or eight wins certainly should be out of the question. But just... Uh, with Neil Brown, with a, a big change, a big overhaul to the offensive coaching staff, bringing in Graham Harrell from, from USC, um, I, I, I'd be a little hesitant to, to be confident in going the over there. Pitt and Penn State are both at 8.5, and, and they're both at an over-under um, payout of minus 106 for the over and minus 121 at the under. So they're identical. I'm going to go with under on both, even though it costs a little bit more. I think the call is a little bit easier on Pitt. Uh, I think they probably are an eight-win team, but you know they lost their two best players, and, and they were more prepared for one than the other with the whole Addison thing. So, And I think the offense was better than the defense to begin with. And I don't think we can put into words until we see it on the field, maybe for both teams, how good Kenny Pickett was for them and maybe could be for the Steelers. Uh, I've always said they're not a stadium away. I've always said they're not a coach away. I've always thought they were a quarterback away. And you saw what the quarterback did for them last year. They won the conference, you know, good for them. And 
Now what? <laughs> well, you know, you're absolutely right. Uh, Kenny Pickett and Jordan Addison, you can't understand or understate um, those departures. You know, I don't know if you saw this. ESPN today did top 100 players in college football. They had Jordan Addison at nine. So, I mean, he is he's clearly one of the one of the better you have playmakers. Any pick guys in there? Um, or Penn State? I'm not sure. I just saw a tweet when I was driving out here that, that Addison was ranked ninth. Um, I like the over for Pitt, though, Benzi. I do, just because of the schedule. I think the ACC is that soft. They have one ranked team on their schedule right now as it stands, and it's it's Miami. Um, I think, you know, they get WVU first game of the season when they should have a lot more continuity coming back. I think Pitt returns 14 or 15 starters. WVU's at eight. Um, I, I, think I think they can go nine and three, certainly. I, I get what you're saying that – uh, it, it, the quarterback has always been the issue there. And Kenny Pickett, I don't think you can understate what he was able to do last year. I just don't know if there's enough challengers. I mean, they don't have to see Clemson, NC State, or Wake Forest in the regular season. I think they're going to be favored in the majority of the games they play, particularly if they can start 2-0 and against WVU and Tennessee. I think the I think the over 8.5 there is, is all but a lock. When we talked about the importance of that half a win, you know, we talk about a half a point in a football game, a half a win is huge when it comes to these win totals and um, in books that just set the one number the Steelers going into the first preseason game dropped from seven and a half to seven Hmm. and I think that was you know some enthusiasm over what Trubisky was going to do what Pickett was going to do and then we heard so many bad reports coming out from camp about how those guys were doing and then they both played great in the first preseason game against the Seattle Seahawks now the number one back up to seven and a half in the span of like 48 hours with just about all these books uh, at Bet Rivers they have a more sliding scale they kind of put out three or four numbers uh, and you can bet over under and those numbers you can find the middle and the middle appears to be seven and a half again uh, the number being Minus 107 for the over for the Steelers and minus 117 for the under for the Steelers at seven and a half. I think they're an eight win team. It's a tough call, but I'll go over. I'll go over as well, too. I'm with you. I think, listen, the the division is tough. We know that even with, you know, potentially what's going on with the Browns situation, it's still a good division. It's a tough schedule, I think, particularly in the back half of the season. But I feel like this team, with what they were able to do last year, if they have a little more fortune in terms of the health on the defensive side of the football, uh, it feels to me like seven wins is the floor, honestly. And I'm not saying there's a really high ceiling either. I think the ceiling would probably only be about 10 wins. But I think this is a, an eight-win football team, maybe a nine-win football team. And so I would go over there as well. you got a little bit of a higher ceiling than I do. See, but that's my ceiling, though, would be 10 wins. Floor, seven wins. I just I, I think they are a, a going to be an average football team. I think the defense is going to be good enough. Again, if they get a little more fortune you know, in the health department than they had last season, I think the defense will be good enough to keep them in most games. Um, I'm still not sold on the offensive line, but they've certainly got some playmakers on the outside. And with Fryermuth, if the quarterback situation is average, I think they'll be average at worst. And I think that can get them at least eight wins. Yeah, the only reason the offensive line didn't look worse, the first-team offensive line, is that they got pulled fairly quickly. And, you know, I'm very curious to see what that would have looked like against first-teamers for the Seahawks. Like, before we go too crazy over the offensive strides that clearly have been made at some point in camp, um, and I was surprised slash impressed that they played as well as they did against live competition because I've been underwhelmed by what I had seen from uh, – 
well, at least the first team against the first team defense when it's been Trubisky against the first team defense and then Pickett against the third team defense when he was running third team or even second team. Um, and then to see it against live competition, I was like, well, that looks a lot different. That looks a lot better. And then I checked myself and I realized that these are the Seattle Seahawks second and third teamers and their first teamers are Al Woods and Artie Burns, among others. So let's use that as perspective, right? 100%. And, you know, it, it's probably not going to get much better in Jacksonville this weekend. Maybe um, maybe against Detroit a, a little bit. I mean, they've yeah, at least getting, got they've you're at least getting got three a, potential last place teams as preseason opponents. You're not getting that much of a litmus test, are you? You're not. You absolutely are. And at least Detroit has Jeff Akuda, you know, a, a pretty pretty good young corner up and coming uh, and entering his third year out of Ohio State. But yeah, that for me will really be the test when they finally line up against, uh, let's say a more promising secondary. That's something I'm, I'm still waiting to see as well, too. Yeah, and I think you'll see some of that throughout the course of the first six games. I think the first six games are huge, not just in terms of, okay, well, that's a chunk out of 17, obviously, but basically a third of the season. More so than that, though, I think how they perform in those six, that'll chart the course for how long they stick with whatever quarterback is healthy and playing at that time. Yeah, absolutely, because if they're 5-2, and two, you know, something like that, I don't think we think Trubisky's going to be going anywhere. Well, yeah, if let's say the first six games, because first it, six, I think there's a me, real yeah, logical yeah. break there as far as the quality of competition, yes, because you've yes. got at least five concerning games. You've got road division twice, whether Deshaun Watson is there or not. Road division twice, once on a short week with Cleveland, you open with Cincinnati. You got Belichick in between there, and then you've got what the um, the Jets. The right? Jets are a little bit of a break, and then you've got the Bills, and you've got the Bucks with it's a Tom tough Brady. Start. So you know, I think that goes if they're 500 through that, like if they were 500 through that stretch with Ben last year to start off, I would be okay with it. So like, I don't think you're pulling the plug on anything that you would put out as a long-term plan for 2022 if they get out through three and three. So, like, if they can at least do that, I think that charts the course for how things go the rest of the season. Yeah, absolutely. You're 100% right because I don't think, you know, unless it's been dreadful and they've been winning despite Mitch Trubisky, he's not going anywhere if that is the case. Um, now, certainly if it goes the other way, right, maybe that's the time that you do see Kenny Pickett. But I think you're right. Those, those first six games are massive because really – I mean, what, there's a chance that the only game you could be favored in there is the Jets, depending on, you know, what happens with Watson and in Cleveland potentially. But as you mentioned, on the road, short week, primetime game, um, those first six games, the the overreaction, I think, to those, t- Tim, too, is going to be pretty substantial. Uh, but I don't know if it's going to be an overreaction. I think, I think that's going to be a reaction. I don't see that as an overreaction. Well, no, I mean – if they if they stink, right, mm-hmm. it'll be punt on the season, get Kenny Pickett in there, get a high well, okay, draft that, pick. Yeah, okay. If they're four and two, it'll be we're rolling, we're going right from Ben Roethlisberger into this next era, Super Bowl in the next two or three seasons. That's what I meant in terms of in yeah. terms of the reaction. I do think it's interesting to see how quickly you know. If, again, even in one preseason game, I thought this was going to be the case. It was so stark to see what Matt Canada didn't do last year or couldn't do last year. That is, I think, the biggest wild card. You know, all the storylines and everything that we've discussed at nauseum. I mean, you and I just talked about the quarterbacks and the offensive line and, and some of the playmakers here already. How does Matt Canada want to make this offense really in his image? 
I feel like I'm quoting the Old Testament when I say that. But, you know, last year with Ben Roethlisberger at age 39 and his limited mobility, I, I it's it's safe to say that Matt Canada couldn't do everything that he wanted to do in terms of what do you whatever you want to call it, gimmicks, wrinkles, any of that stuff, pre-snap motion, play action. What's that look like now? How does having a mobile quarterback, you know, the options of, of, of Mitch and Kenny in that regard help in that instance? Can it make the offensive line look a little more competent when you've got a mobile quarterback, at least in pass protection, back there as well, too? Does that help you play more complementary offense and, and be able to run the ball more successfully than you could last year? That, to me, is the biggest X factor. While we've spent, rightfully so, a ton of time discussing the quarterbacks, and you know why, it's the first time we've done this in two decades, in the offensive line and, and some of the wide receivers and Pat Fry Fryermuth and Najee and these things. To me, how does Matt Canada want to operate? That could could be more important than you know some of the details that we've we've spent a lot more time on. Yeah, I think one thing that has really kind of become clear to me as training camp has gone along is the yin and yang factor. You know, there's for everything I find to be a positive, like the stuff we just talked about, what the quarterbacks can do with their legs and how the pocket can move and all these sorts of things. Well, the negative to that is. Are these guys going to get the play in and get the read right at the line of scrimmage like Ben did almost every time? Mm-hmm. You know, And um, the ability to maybe not be behind as often in the fourth quarter so you don't need as many fourth quarter comebacks like you did last year. Like I think that's something that will obviously aid the team, but then at the same time when you do have to come back, are they going to be able to do it mm-hmm. like Roethlisberger did? Like that's just on the offense. You know, I, I hope they're going to be better defensively against the run because they're going to be healthier in some key spots there, adding Ogan Joby. Uh, Miles Jack, I think, is, is an upgrade, obviously, from what they had last year in Schobert, but are they better in the secondary? I, I don't know that they are. You know, they're younger, but does that make them better? I, I don't know. Um, so I, there's a, because of that, that's why I'm so hung up on this just being – an eight-win team because they were so close to being that a year ago. And uh, I do think they got some good fortune that helped them get above and stay above 500 to make the playoffs. And that good fortune being, I never saw them going above 500 in their own division. But the injuries and the melting of the Ravens and Browns down the stretch – we don't spend enough time talking about how much of their season was written in those last two regular season games. 100%. Uh, you know, before for the Roethlisberger those... sent, like, the goodbye to, to Ben and all that stuff, like, part of the reason that was a flowery, poetic send-off was because of the state of the opponents that they had. Tim, before those final two weeks of the season, I mean, there were, there were Steelers fans that were saying, lose these last two games, set yourself up for a better draft pick, turn the page, right? It, it, it wasn't the... You know, I don't think any of us pictured the the scene on Monday Night Football. You know, when when Ben's able to get the win against Cleveland and the Steelers end up going to the playoffs. I mean, there were people legitimately with two weeks left that were, hey, let, let's lose these games, let's move up. You know, get closer to the top ten and you know hit the reset button here on the next era of of post Ben Roethlisberger football. You're right. While we can say they didn't have good fortune as it relates to the injury department on the defensive side of the football, I mean, they, they didn't have to it for the whole year, and that was you know maybe injury and elsewhere related. Alu Alu goes down. Uh, 
uh, in the first game. The Ravens and then it, didn't have Lamar Jackson. The, the Ravens didn't have <laughs> Lamar Jackson. They didn't have Ronnie Stanley. They didn't yeah. have any of their three or, four, three or four running backs. Yeah, exactly. And Baker was playing hurt for the Browns. Baker was and- playing hurt for the Browns. So they did have good fortune in that regard as well, too. So how does that balance out this year? Does does you know does maybe the defense is healthier for the Steelers, but the Ravens are back to the, the form that we expect, and um, maybe that's the, the balance there. I'm with you. To me, this all it all gets back to I don't think they're going to be a great football team. I don't think they're going to be a bad football team. I think some weeks they'll play well. I think some weeks they'll stink and, and frustrate everybody. And I think that equates to about eight wins. Yeah, I'm going under on a lot of teams in these over-unders. <laughs> I don't know who's going to be yeah, good. You, so you went you went under on both Penn State and Pitt as well, too, Yeah, right. right. Yeah, yeah. You, are lo- you are loving No, but unders. I'm talking about the NFL specifically. When I was right, looking at a right. lot of win totals, I'm, I'm not buying a lot of hype on positive movement for some teams. Um, I think one team I am buying, and I never do because everybody tries to get me to buy them every year, is the Chargers. Yeah. But... I'm starting to get sold on them, at least being the second-best team in the West. I like the Raiders more than some people do. So, like, I, I do – I am in on those teams, and I'm not in on the – let me outthink myself into thinking the Chiefs are somehow better without Tyreek Hill thing, you know, that some people are doing. Like, I could see the Chiefs dropping a couple games to both the Raiders and the Chargers. So maybe I go over on them, uh, and maybe I go under on the Chiefs. But I don't know. It's, it's sort of uh, – it's a tough read for me to find a lot of other teams where I'm saying, okay, the, this is a definitely an over team here. Yeah, I feel like you know, those are some. You're good- an Eagle guy. A lot of people are saying, what about the Eagles? The Eagles. I bet you're an Eagles guy because you used to work there. Uh, yes, correct. I did. Yeah, for anyone who who wants clarity, yeah. I used I used to work there. Um, I, I am I am sold on a lot of the elements of that roster except for the quarterback. I I don't think hurts. I, I don't think he's terrible, but I don't think you know. I think he is. Baker Mayfield, honestly, I think that's the the type of player that he can be. He'll have weeks where he looks good. He'll have weeks where he, you know, pisses off the fan base. They have got a a good defense. They're good in the trenches. They've got some playmakers on the outside, certainly. Um, And I do think Nick Sirianni has has built a strong staff there. But I just, you can't trust the quarterback. I can't trust in Hurts. For me, that is the holdup. And that division is so back and forth every year. The Giants aren't going to be very good. The Commanders aren't going to be very good. The Cowboys will be probably okay. So, so they could do all right. I would go over. All right, Wes, I know you got to run. you got to do your show. Where can people find you? Where can they listen? And uh, how do they find the West Virginia podcast, too? <laughs> yes, so, uh, so I host a show uh, on Steelers Nation Radio with Arthur Motes every day at noon. It's called the Steelers Blitz. You can get it in podcast form, too, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, just search Steelers Blitz every show, you know, upload it after the fact. And then uh, WVU Podcast, Ears and Beers, and In the Gun, if you are a uh, tortured mountaineer soul like me. That is Wes Euler. Make sure you check him out at those outlets. We will be back with one more podcast from St. Vincent College tomorrow here on the Pittsburgh CityCast. Tim Benz with you, and we are brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the app today or go to betrivers.com.